couple things I want to make sure you know about before we uh, get into the, the sermon. Number one, uh, I sent out an email this week. Uh, we're planning a ski trip for spring break. Uh, I've opened it up to the youth, and uh, they've had their shot. And so now we're opening it up beyond that. If you're interested, we'll have a, a meeting next Sunday after this service, 12-15. Uh, there's information in that email, or you can go to the website. Uh, look under upcoming events, and you can find uh, a flyer there with some information. And uh, just uh, give you that, that opportunity. Also today, um, we will be me- uh, meeting... Uh, uh, angels later for the Make a Difference Music Festival. Just want to let you know about that. It's six hours of music, and uh, uh, I realize with some of your medications and your oldness, you're not going to be able to make it. I'm just... <laughs> no, I just want it, it's a it's a come and go thing. Okay, uh, uh, we'll have the barbecue. They they'll start serving that around between 3.30 and 4. 3 o'clock is when the music starts. That will go up until 9 or so. Musicians never keep time. So 9 or so, uh, somewhere in there. But uh, we hope that you'll be able to join us. It's it's a fun even. Bring your friends. Uh, um, It it goes to a good cause. Uh, Half of what uh, you pay us for the food and the expenses for it, and then the, for every ticket, uh, we're we're sending a, a net uh, off as well. So we're uh, we're looking forward to that. If you if you saw the news this morning, been watching. And remember, I told you this is not just our church. This is something that's going to be going on all over. Uh, there were some other uh, events going on today around town as well with this, and you'll begin to see more of those. And you can just know you were on the cutting edge. We were one of the first. So. Um, uh, but looking forward to that, and uh, uh, we're, uh, next week, if you've got kids that are in children's church, they'll have their buckets. Next week, we'll sort of wrap that, that all up, and they can bring their buckets, and then continue to, to collect for those if they'd like through the year, but uh, we, we appreciate all the ways that, that you're supporting that, and not only that, but the other ministries that we've been talking about, and uh, we, we really do uh, want to help make a difference. The name of that campaign is, uh, the one that we're working on is Imagine No Malaria. Imagine. And imagine is uh, a word that I I sort of rediscovered when they asked me to to start the church here. Uh, I went to a lot of training sessions and things like that for that. And imagine and imagination was a word that that came back uh, for me. It It was something they... They encouraged us to, to use and to think and, and to, to try to share as we came together to, to build a church. And for this, this thing we're doing, the Imagine No Malaria, I, I think it's a perfect imagery of, of what we as Christians are about. We are called to imagine a new reality. We're, we're called to look beyond our circumstances, to look beyond what the real world tells us and what we see and think to a, a better future, a hope, a promise. Imagine. Imagine no malaria. Imagine a place where, where fear and worry, 
and death and suffering and sickness no longer has a hold. Imagine. You know, imagination is one of those things that, that we used to be good at. We, we used to be good at. Every kid, how many of you had imaginary friends? Yeah, some of you still do. That's all right. There's a couple of teenagers. I know you have imaginary girlfriends. You're never going to get one, but you're telling everybody you have one just to make you feel better. But imagine, it's something we, we were so good at. I remember me and my friends, we could, you get us in the backyard or you get us at the school playground, we had World Series championships, we had the basketball championship of the civilized world, uh, Mars and Venus included, that was subsequent games after you lose, you had to do a higher championship so you could continue, I mean, I love watching, uh, I, I love watching kids. Because they have that ability. You know, you, you put a football in their hand, put them outside, they, they don't need a whole team. They can, they can run a whole game in their mind. You know, you pass it, oh, I'm Joe Montana. You know, they, they can, girls are able to do that too. They, they can create this whole reality. Our girls used to build cities and do plays. And they were, I mean, imagine we had that ability. In fact, I believe imagination runs akin to the concept of the image of God that's placed within us. If you, if you read in Genesis, it tells us that we, we alone, we are the one part of God's creation of which he put his image inside of us. I think imagination is part of that. That ability to think beyond our circumstances, that ability to, to think about a future that can't be seen that can't be held where we, can, where we can hope for something. The problem is we, we lose that. You know, the, the smarter we get and the older we get and the more mature we get, the less we imagine. The world crushes that out of you. You know, you've got to put away childish things and start dealing with reality. You, you, can't, you can't pretend your whole life. You've got to deal with real, real circumstances. And we all know that all those hopes and dreams and all those, those childish things, that they're not going to happen anyway. As you imagined your wedding as a little girl, as you imagined what it was going to be like to be a dad and a father, didn't work out the way you wanted, did it? So see, imagination is stupid. You shouldn't, you shouldn't waste your time on that. I think there's a reason, though, why Jesus, when he was talking about faith, when he was talking about what it takes to enter the kingdom of heaven, what it takes to live the life that he's called us to, he said, you can't do it unless you have faith like a child. I think there's a correlation there. Because as children, we're so willing to believe things that we can't hold or see. We're so willing to go there. Whereas adults, we're too smart for that. We're too, we're too sophisticated for that. The problem is, the kids are on the closer track. The kids get it. 
There is a part of this world, there are things that happen in our situation that we cannot see, hold, feel, touch, measure, control, manipulate. There are things out there, there is power and there is energy around us that we are not going to be able to harness and control. We can only accept it and dream. But I know with your degrees and your sophistication and your age and your maturity, you know, we know that's all false. And the church has even tried to crunch some of that out, you know. Certainly you cannot believe that God actually interacted in humankind. You cannot believe that those miracles actually happened, can you? Show me your experience, measure it, show it to it, prove it to me, recreate it, measure it, scientifically prove to me that that happened. We can't do it. So reality tells us those are fables, those are myths, those are faith pictures for us to follow. They're not reality. Those of you that are new that are wondering about me, I do believe in those, okay? Uh, this is called sarcasm common instrument used by me in preaching. No. You know, the thing is, as sophisticated as we think we are, we don't get it at all. The God that we sing to, the God that we pray to, the God that we read about in the scriptures has all ability, all power. There is nothing outside of his control and influence. There is nothing that he cannot do. If that is the God we're worshiping, if that's the God we're following, then why can't he change circumstances? Why couldn't he interact within our world, within our situations? Why couldn't he turn something bad into something good? Why couldn't he shine a light for a, for a, a broken yesterday? Why couldn't he? See, the problem is we have lost the ability to imagine. We have lost the ability to, to hope because the world has beat it out of us. Because we have, we have chosen to focus on what's ahead of us instead of the power that created us and around us and surrounds us and empowers us. We've lost the ability to imagine. The God I read about is a very creative God who, who inspires imagination. Do you remember the story of Abraham? Abraham, uh, God wanted to, to interact with people. He wanted to establish a relationship. And he started with Abraham. And he said, hey, Abraham, I need you to move. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you to a new place, a new position, a new situation. I need you to just trust me. And by the way, I know you're, you're 80 and your wife's, uh, you're 90 and your wife's 80. I, I'm going to start a whole new lineage through you. Okay, that takes a little bit of imagination. <laughs> who, who starts a family with an 80 and 90 year old? And I know it was the Bible and we just had that conversation. That didn't really happen anyway. But no, it, God inspires imagination. And they, they left, and their journey started, and God started working through them, and, and Abraham started doubting and having his questions, and, hey, man, I thought you were going to do I'm now 100, she's 90, we're not getting any younger. And God took him out, said, look up in the sky. Do you see the stars there? Try to count them. 
That is how many descendants you're going to have. That's an imagination. That's a dream. That's a, that's a hope. Abraham couldn't even imagine having one child. And God's saying, wow, look up there. You can't even imagine what I want to do. Here, let me, let me pull back the curtain for you just a little bit. Here's, here's what I want to show you. This is what I want to do in your life. Imagine. Moses, to lead the, the Israelites out of captivity, all they were used to is backbreaking labor and, and, being, and being whipped and beaten and used and manipulated. And God shows up with Moses and says, Moses, I'm going to lead you out of this place. I'm going to use you. I'm going to take you to a land of your own where you are going to become a blessed nation and I'm going to bless other nations through you. You're, you're not going to be slaves anymore. Couldn't conceive of that. He says to David, I'm going to build a kingdom through you, little shepherd boy, that even your brothers and your parents don't even respect you, but I'm going to build a kingdom from you. In fact, it's going to be such a great kingdom that everything I'm going to do in the future is going to work, come from your, your lineage. Over and over and over again, God shared a vision, an imagination he dared people to go with him. He dared them to open their, themselves to an experience beyond the reality that they could touch, hold, feel, and manipulate. What he basically is constantly doing is saying, do you trust me enough to believe in me? Can you imagine that I'm powerful enough to influence not only these world situations, but Hey, let's get down to it. Do you imagine that God could change your life? I hope so. The, part, the fact of the matter is, most of the time, we halt there. Because again, with our sophistication, with our, with our belief system, with, with what we've seen in the world, you know, it just doesn't work out that way. And so we lose hope. We lose imagination. We lose our, our vision. Let's look at a, a passage. And this is in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians is uh, one of the letters written by Paul uh, to a group of believers. And in this letter, uh, he, has been, he has been talking about the, the great things that God has done that he's been doing, that through grace he's offered relationship, that through grace he has, he has given us new life, that through grace our sins could be forgiven and we could rise above our, our yesterdays and, and rise above our mistakes. And he has just sort of gone through this litany of all the wonderful things that God has done. And he, he comes to this passage in, in verse 21 of, uh, or verse 14 of chapter 3, where he just, it's just sort of, spills out of him. So here we go. When I think of all of this, all of what he's done for us, all the ways he's interacted, all the ways he's taken care of me, all the ways that he's accepted me even though I didn't deserve it, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything, creator, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep highlighting some words for you here. Creator has to do with imagination. You can't uh, you can't create something you can't imagine. 
You know, a lot of the innovations in our culture. Uh, Jennifer, who was the wacko that came up with the iPhone, man? Jennifer works for Apple, so I just have to bother her. But, you know, who was the guy out there saying, oh, it's too much trouble for me to push this button in? I want it to just be on the screen on my phone. You know? But that imagination, that, that questioning, that daring to go where someone else didn't go leads to changes and innovations. We, we, we experience things each and every day that come from people's imaginations. A lot of times they're self-serving and profit-driven, but there are, there are things out there that innovation and we see it in the medical field. We, we see it in education. We, I mean, we see it over and over and over again where imagination, where innovation. God was creative. The creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources. Why can we trust God? Because he has unlimited resources. He's never going, man, I wish I just had. This is good because next month when we start talking about money, a lot of you think God is, is expect, needs your money. No, he's, he doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your talents. He doesn't need your wonderful. He invites you and gives you the privilege of sharing in what he's doing. He doesn't need it, though. He has unlimited resources. It's by grace he even offers you a chance to participate. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep His love really is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now stay with me here. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work, with, at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And if you look at an amplified version or some other translations, the word they're going to add in there is ask or think or dream or imagine. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. What Paul is saying here is we ought to dream. We, we, ought, we ought to imagine. In fact, that's what we're called to do is imagine a reality that, that is better than what we have. I ran through some of the examples of that. You know, one of the greatest ones, you find it in Revelation, Revelation 21. Where God will be our God, we will be as people, will be in his presence, he'll restore creation. It says there will be no more crying, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more illness. That's, a, that's an imagine. That where you are now isn't where I'm taking you. The, re the things that bother you now, the things that control you, the things that, that suck the energy out of you, the things that worry you, the things that keep you up at night, the, the things that make you cry yourself to sleep, those things ultimately aren't going to have power over you. Let me give you a little hint. 
God is bigger than any of our problems. And there is nothing in all of creation that is bigger than him. And at the end, he wins. Okay? That's the end of the story. I've, I flipped to the, I, I cheated. I read the last chapter. He wins. And therefore, we can trust him. Now, it's a big thing to talk about. Can you believe, can you imagine a world where malaria would not be something that, that's one thing to imagine, but we can't even go there until you're willing to answer one question. Can you imagine a world where God is in control and can see you through whatever it is your situation is? That's where you need to get. And I don't know what it is for you. I've got an idea that there's some folks in here that it's a sorrow of watching a spouse suffer through illness. It's that relationship that's broken and you don't know how you're going to get it back. It's the forgiveness that, that you need, that you hope for, that you long for, but you, you know you don't deserve it and don't know if you'll ever receive it. It's that medical report you're waiting on. It's that financial situation that just keeps getting worse. It's that kid that just keeps making bad decisions. It's, I don't know exactly what it is, but I know all of us have them. And you would like to imagine a world out there that that wouldn't be what controls you anymore, but reality has beat it out of you. Your experience has told you over and over again that that's exactly the thing that's going to control you. But God says, I need you to imagine a, a place where your sins, your burdens, your misery, where that no longer controls you. There is nothing in all of creation that's bigger than God. Can you imagine a world where God loves you enough, where God has enough power that he has enough initiative, that he has the desire to change your personal circumstances. Can you imagine a world like that? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you that, that God's going to take away all your problems. You will still have broke, broken-hearted nights. You will still be, in fact, a lot of times we end up going through worse things. If you read about the apostles and Jesus, it certainly doesn't say, hey, life is carefree. The difference is, you know that ending I told you? That's eternal. The situation I find myself in now is just a little blip on the screen. And what Jesus says is, can you imagine a life where the injustice you're suffering right now won't matter in eternity? Can you imagine that I love you enough that at some point it will make sense? At some point, even though you feel like you're getting ripped off, can you imagine that someday you'll understand how it all fits together and you'll still find me loving and just and caring? Can you imagine a world like that? Until we can go there, It does no good to imagine about changing the world through other ways. Because if you don't believe that God can change you, then changing the world is irrelevant. 
Do you believe that God can influence your situation? Can you imagine a situation, a, a life where he is in control? Let me give you a, here's a memory verse for you. With God, all things are possible. Can you say that with me? With God, all things are possible. Okay, it's one thing to memorize it. It's another to believe it. I'm not going to make you raise your hand if you believe it because some of you would do it and you're lying. (laughs) But that's my hope. That's my dream. That's my imagining for you is that you will come to know a God, that God with that wide, long, high, deep love, that that love that surrounds us all, that love with unlimited resources, that love that he pours out for us every day, that you will come to know that in a way that the roots of your life sink down deep into it, that you'll grow nourishment from it, that you'll grow passion from it, that you'll grow energy from it. That's what I hope and imagine not only for me but for all of us is that we might imagine that kind of love. Why don't you bow with me? Let's, let's pray. Lord, the truth is we have a hard time believing that, that you care. We have a hard time thinking that that life can be any different because our experience has told us that no matter what we do, we end up in a bad place. God, we want to look beyond the things we can touch and hold and manipulate. We want to look to the source of creation. We want to look to the source of power, the source of love. What it comes down to, God, is you need us to trust you, and we're afraid to. That control, that, that selfishness that's a part of us just won't allow us to go there. We just keep holding back. But God, you have proven to us over and over that we can trust you, that you have our best interest at heart. And you have told us that we don't have to be trapped by our circumstances, that those things that that bother us, those things that keep coming up and taking us in the wrong direction, that those don't have to have power over us either. So God, what we pray for this morning is, would would you work in us? Would you help the roots of your love grow down deep in us so that we could learn to trust you? Trust you enough that we might be bold enough to imagine a different future. Lord, whatever, wherever we find ourselves this morning, I know know there is fear and anxiety and hurt represented in this room, and I, I don't know how to speak. I certainly don't know how to change it, but God, I believe that with you all things are possible. I believe that you're able to to minister to them even right now. So we lift those folks to you. We pray for a peace. We we pray for a dream, for a vision, for a hope for the future.
And we pray all that in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.